East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome. <laughs> and welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Leslie. We're three sisters from the Baltimore, Maryland area. Each week, Leslie will give her reaction to the true crime and paranormal stories that Lorraine and I tell from up and down the East Coast. As a reminder, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all for informative purposes. Hello. Hello. Bienvenue. I don't know what I just said. No. I think that was going to be some kind of language. (laughs) (laughs) Some kind of language. Yeah. It wasn't French. I know that. (laughs) Something Spanish-y. You're just making up a minion's language. She said bienvenue. Bienvenue. Oh. Oh, no. It was like a mashup of like maybe five or six different languages. (laughs) (laughs) Got a linguist over here. (laughs) That's very uh, fifth element of you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes. We ain't talking about multi-pass. <laughs> no, uh, I was because I thought you were singing. Linda was singing the Little Mermaid, but then I was wrong. But I was going to buy you a wet brush yesterday. I don't. I don't need any more. Thank you, though. It had Ariel hugging flounder on it. I've seen that one. I don't need any more though. But did it have the glitter all over it? Like there was gold glitter halo. I don't think so. No, because it's the new design oh. that dropped the glitter. She don't need no more hairbrushes. I don't need no more. <laughs> Every time I turn around, because I always lose the wet brushes, mm-hmm. and then I go and buy another one. Mm-hmm. And then you and find I it. just, I have three right now. I have one which in my car. One. In I my guess I'm be okay. I should probably get one for my car. Yeah, and it's a normal size one because it was like I lost my wet brush. So I bought another one, and then I found my wet brush. So then I put one in my car. Yeah. Because windy days. Windy days. You got oil in your car, too, for your hair? For when you're brushing? No. Why would I do that? Because you got better hair. For your hair. Uh, I have, I put like a leave-in thing. You yeah, but you still need, need oil. oil. Yeah, I do scalp oil once a night. No, no, no. no. For, oh, the for the ends of your hair. <laughs> no. Yes. Get out of my brain! <laughs> yes. No, I've already researched into this and also talked to my hair lady, and she said that for curly hair, everyone puts it on the ends, but you're really supposed to put it on your scalp. And then there's a cream that I use that's like a... Tell your hair lady that day. she's dumb. I hope she doesn't listen to this. I'm sorry. She does. We are also hair ladies! Yeah, but are you curly hair specialists? That's literally the dumbest shit ever because... <laughs> You went to a curly hair specialist, and they turned you away for not having curly enough hair. Yeah, that was... So, I don't even want to hear it. No. They don't know what they're talking about. That was the other shop. I know that was the other shop. That's why I'm saying. That was because I wasn't black. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. Your hair wasn't curly enough for the curly hair specialist. So, she was turned away. So... No, now I go to another curly hair salon. But if they're telling you not to put oil in your hair, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I could understand if your hair was thin and curly, that I could understand because then it would weigh it down a lot. But it, your hair is not, you, you need that. No, it's not. Bullshit. Your hair is fine. Is not the same as thin. Ah, uh, whatever. Exactly. But my hair has been falling out. Everybody's hair fucking falls out. Okay. Can- 
this girl, I swear. <laughs> I know. She sent me a picture. Did she send you the picture? What? She sent no, my daughter. Oh. She she sent me the picture. Uh, she was like, "Oh my god, is this normal? I think I'm losing too much hair." And I'm like, "One, you don't wash your hair every day." Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like a lot. Mm-hmm. And two, she probably doesn't even brush it when she's not yeah, doing it. And I'm like, girl, that's the same shit that's on, on the bathroom wall after I, when I take a shower and finally wash my hair, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, because like, it's like by the time I finally get to washing my hair and then I just go like this and it's like my whole hand. I'm like, yeah, because yep, I don't brush you in between. <laughs> it just, I don't brush mine either. I just it's this. In a pony. <laughs> or I put it in a bun. No. Day one and two. One, nice curls. Two, oddly really nice curls. Three, it's back like this or in a messy bun for like, I don't wash my hair all the time. No. See, this is day two, but this is what happens. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's when it just goes up like this and I call it a day. It doesn't help that your dog sleeps in your hoodie. So but yes, if you that. if you would like to purchase a wet brush for my car, then I will gladly accept. Oh, fuck. That's where this came from. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <coughs> Y'all saw how Mexican I am? That's right. That's right. That's right. What do you mean? She's 1% more than me. I'm 50% Mexican. And I'm 49. Oh, ancestry. okay. We, we all got DNA tests done. I'm 3% Irish. How is Lydia all that shit down below? And I'm like reading. I'm like, what? Mommy. She literally gets all of her stuff from mommy. She doesn't have much shared with daddy. My mom just did me right. (laughs) Made me 50% Mexican. (laughs) Yeah. Dad participated a little tiny bit on that side. I'm the only one that's Nigerian? Sweet. Yes. Sweet. That's awesome. No, I am. You are? Mm Mm-hmm. How much percent? Let me go look at our profile. Are you? I'm 1% Nigerian. Yeah, I was going to say my dad's three. <laughs> I'm not. And I don't think Lydia's either. And Welsh. I'm Welsh. I'm Welsh and too. Irish. All right. Wait. I don't think either of you are Italian, right? Correct. No. I am not Italian. Yeah. My no. dad isn't either. No. Yeah. Um, is Lydia? I don't think. So I'm this is me it. versus dad. You're supposed to do you and Leslie. I know. Oh. She's Sorry. Dad. I hit my dad first. Okay, fine. I didn't add you as a sister, so technically we're not related yet. (laughs) It hasn't even told me that. It popped up. So usually it's like critical thing found from. I had to go in. For each of you, when you guys posted that you got it, I had to go in and do it myself. Uh. Yeah. So indigenous America's Mexico. I'm 50%. Leslie's 46. Spain. I'm 25. Leslie's 22. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh my god. How do you say this? Basque? Mm-hmm. I'm 8%. You're 7. Portugal, I'm 4%. You're 5. Ireland, I'm 4%. You're 3%. Jewish peoples of Europe, I'm 3. You're 2. Wales, I'm 3. You're 4. Nigeria, we both have 1%. Senegal, I have 1%. Ivory Coast and Ghana, I have 1%. Cool. Wait, do you have Indigenous North? Uh, well, i got to look on mine. Oh, no, you're not. No. If you don't have, if it's not on that list, that means that oh, you, yeah. you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I'm the only one out of the four of us that has that. Because Daddy doesn't have it either. <laughs> Dad's got France. 
So I get my I'm Irish French. from my mama. I'm French. Because my dad has no Irish or Ivory Coast. I don't have that either. So I get that from mom. Hey, ma, what's up? That's why you got the skin bumpies too. Damn. Anyway, this is not on topic at all. Hello. Now you know our genetics. (laughs) We are not (laughs) sponsored by Ancestry. Uh, But if they want to give us a free year, I'll be glad to. Totally. Except I can't find any of my mom's side of the family because everybody has different birthdays than their actual birthdays this it is happens. the problem that i'm running into Ooh, lid is indigenous peoples of central oh she's weird central america mm-hmm. i'm north she's central and i'm also mexico dang now i'm stuck on this app somebody take it away from me Get it. okay <laughs> leslie where are we going um we are going still in new york hey you remember it yes. congratulations you it's look been a nice bit. with a haircut like that. No. You look like Karen. Yeah, we I don't want it. Or why? Because. Do you know how long my hair is right now? Yeah. So you just had it down. Okay. So the guy, why did he have a different name than what? He was adopted. Because his mom. But he had like five different names. Well, his, his first name, his mom couldn't give him his biological father's last name. Yeah, but what is the name that you originally gave us? Because you never said that where that came from. Yes, I did. That's his birth name. That's the one I was Richard. Just, oh, Falco is her ex-husband? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Anyways. Falco is her ex-husband. His name was originally Richard David Falco. When he got adopted, he was David Richard Berkowitz. Okay. So. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What episode is this? I don't know, honestly. 87, welcome. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. <coughs> it smells like a baby today. That's probably his sweater. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it is. All these dogs are just, I should have taken medication before I got here. Do you want allergy meds? I have some. They're in the kitchen. Be okay. <laughs> you, you can start. I can start. <clears throat> You're the note taker. Well, I guess we can start off with like a little recap. Obviously, we are talking about David Berkowitz, which was a serial killer in the New York, in the state of New York. I'm sorry. And... Okay. Yonkers, Bronx, Queens. Oh, Lord. He is so cute. And he, when he was arrested, I I know that we kind of touched base on it a little bit. But I guess, like, recap, 44 caliber killer. He would go around shooting people. And it was usually people who were couples or just women in general. They had, like, wavy, dark, longer hair because they resembled his mom. Right, 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 right. Yeah. His, so and then everybody is his, his adoptive mother, right? I thought it was his. Birth I thought it was mother. his birth mother. He eventually met his birth mother. I know, okay, I couldn't remember. But it was his resentment was... towards her because she told him <coughs> the reason why he was given up. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, because his adoptive parents told him that she had died on childbirth. Yeah. Oh shit! I Sorry, that. New York. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know where all the bullets went. What? Yeah, oh. so, you do new one. It's okay, it's too late. So, that all happened, right? Oh. 70, 76 <laughs> to 77. 76 to 77? I don't know. I don't know. All the paperwork's in there. I'm not taking them out. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're all in one page protector. Okay, so 76 to 77, that's when all of this happened. I think he was caught Why? a month. Why did they just give you her notes? I don't know. A month, two months after... The original killing. 
because that his last killing was Stacy Moskowitz. And oh fuck it, I'm just gonna take the paperwork out. Stacy and Rob. Yes. And so he ends up being arrested. And I don't know if you guys remember, we kind of like started talking. Well, this isn't gonna About be on that how, anymore. From all the I'm different sorry. descriptions, it might not have been him every time. Correct. But the whole thing is, is that when he was arrested, the right, people right. didn't have the correct warrant. No, the correct warrant for his arrest. So. They went looking. They had gotten some guy that was like, hey, do you think you can identify? Like, I think he was a deputy in the area. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I know what he looks like. I can tell you if it's him or not. So they get to Berkowitz's apartment. Again, I know we, like, touch base on this last, but this is kind of, like, leading up into everything that's going yeah. on now. They get to Berkowitz's apartment. They see the yellow Volkswagen that was there. Mm-hmm. They look in the back of it. And shotgun. they found the shotgun. So, without Berkowitz being there or having the search warrant, they go into the car, they break into his car, and they find all of these things. They find the shotgun in the backseat of the car. They go through the glove compartment. They find another letter from the son of Sam that was going to be the last letter of the son of Sam stating what he was going to do. I think he said he was going to shoot up a discotheque next or something like that. So, they went into his car and... Illegal! Yes, they did an illegal search. So when they realized that they had all of these things, they closed the car back up and they wait again for David to come out of his apartment. And eventually he comes out. He's identified. Some sources say that they got him before he even got to his car. But Mm -hmm. other ones say that they got him while he was in his car. And he was like, you got me. So they end up arresting him. They take him in. He claims that he is the son of Sam. And so... In his interview, he admits to all the murders. I'm just going to yawn and eat my finger at the same time. (laughs) So on August 11th of 1977, again, we had like already touched base on this, but just kind of going back because he was arrested on August 10th. So the next day, August 11th, 1977, he was interrogated for 30 minutes. And that's when he confessed to the shootings. This is when he came out and told people that there was a dog that would talk to him. That was possessed by a uh, ancient demon. Correct. It was what? What was yes, it like? Bob. Yes, but it was like a six thousand year old demon or some crazy mess like that. Yeah. And so I, I, <laughs> I thought you said ancient. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. About that. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah. So and then he he said that. There was a dog that was telling him all of these things, and that's when they decided to, like, do... Oh, my God, what is it called? The psych evaluation? Yes, psych evaluations. I'm sorry. I wanted wanted to say mental health exams, but I'm like, that is not right at all. I mean, that's basically what it is. Yeah, so they wanted to do that, or they did do that, and then they found him... Quilty. (laughs) Competent. (laughs) Of trial. (laughs) So he can become. <laughs> After David Berkowitz was arrested, there was so much going on. It was such a high profile case, killings, all of this stuff that the state of New York decides to create a law called the Son of Sam law. And what that was, was because they felt that he was going to turn around and end up selling 
his story to publishers, uh, producers, anything like that for profit. And they wanted to nix that as soon as they could. So by 1978, which was the following year, they had implemented this law, which said that you could not, or any family member, friend, anything, sitting there saying that they wanted to tell his story or their version of his story, like mm -hmm. how they knew him. They didn't want him selling his his story so they basically said you could not sell your stories at all for profit you couldn't tell anything so he could tell it he just couldn't make any money off of it basically yes okay. that's a big thing going on right now which like we'll talk about because it ends up coming into play later but a lot of people had decided in the following years that that was actually infringement on your first amendment amendment rights mm -hmm. because it's your story your life to tell and that's how a lot of people would eventually get confessions from other killers like but it was just they didn't see that it was right and they said that the law itself was so broad that it would like you could go after anyone for anything for any reason that had committed a crime or was a family member of that saying like hey this was my life which was something i think that they had tried getting that they did end up getting Jeffrey Dahmer's dad for. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but that, they by that time, I think that they had amended it a few times around, but they said that in the state of New York itself, they were able to use it on 11 different occasions, and the last person was actually the guy who killed John Lennon. Oh. Yeah. But, like, they couldn't sell their stories at all, like, in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, well, if that's the only person that they're willing to talk to... Are we going to get these confessions yeah. from people? But again, they said First Amendment rights. Well, so that was crazy in itself. So that was, I think they started creating that law in 1977, and then it was put in place in 1978. Eventually, David Berkowitz had come out and said that he, no, no, no. Okay. There were other people that they felt because of the letters that were possibly a part of this as well. Because there was Sam Carr, who was the person who lived next to him with the dogs. The following year, the police were called to John Carr's house, house, which he lived in North Dakota. And it said that he was in the Army. They had stationed him over in North Dakota. He did his time there. And then I guess he went like back and forth between New York and North Dakota. In February of 1978, they the police had gone to a call for an intruder on the premises of John Carr's girlfriend, which is Sam Carr's son. So John Carr is Sam Carr's son and son of Sam. So that's why they think right. that like oh, okay. David Berkowitz got the name. I know it's like a lot of things going on. But so when they go to John Carr's girlfriend's apartment, is the she police, living in New York? No, this, North Dakota. North this Dakota. is in North Dakota. So they go to John Carr's girlfriend's apartment. Okay. <laughs> the police show up. They knock on the door. They said they got a call. She opens the door. She says yes. Before they are able to enter, they hear a gunshot go off. Police push through, find John Carr slumped on in the like hallway, and it was an apparent suicide. So this was February 1978. I don't know. I've never heard this shit before, but I know that shit wasn't. I watch enough Illuminati shit to know. This is where <laughs> the whole conspiracy theory comes in, okay. okay? And a lot of this was investigated by, in the beginning, a single man called Maury Terry. 
Maury Terry was fascinated with the killings itself. He apparently was a journalistic writer for IBM. And he got wind... The computer people? Mm Mm-hmm. He would write, like, articles for that within the company, I think, itself. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) So the thing was is that he grew up in Yonkers. He lived in Yonkers, which was right around the corner. And so he was fascinated with the fact that when David Berkowitz got arrested, that this was a guy that lived in his area. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, there's, like, a whole documentary on this. There's, like, different news articles and stuff because he constantly came out with different things over the years. And this was, like, over 40 years of stuff. He gets wind of all this. He sees that David Berkowitz, he starts hearing from people that live in the same apartment complex as David saying he was such a mild-mannered man that they could not believe the fact that he was a son of Sam. They're like, there's no way. Like, yeah, he was quiet. He was a little strange, but we could not see him as a serial killer. Some people just be quiet and crazy. So, <laughs> well, crazy. so <laughs> the whole thing was is that then... Mari Terry starts finding ways that the cars and David are intertwined. Correct. <gasps> because one, they lived in Yonkers. He lived in Yonkers, obviously, because the dad was the neighbor. So right. they, I guess, grew up near each other. But, like, I'll tell you. So there's John and Michael Carr, which are the sons of Sam. So then people are like, well, there's real sons of Sam out there. Why are you, as New York Police Department, not interrogating them? Like, why are you not questioning them? Like, they sit there and talk about Father Sam or Papa Sam or whatever in the letter. So why are you not looking at them? Like they were the ones that did it and planted that shit. Yeah. Yo, all of this is like... Oh, this God. is what I'm t- in my well, head. This is why I'm telling you the whole conspiracy theory of it all. That I hit the stick. <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> this is why, like, it gets so crazy after this because they sit there and Maury Terry starts looking into this. And, I mean, by the time he got done, he had a lot of people helping him trying to find out. But we'll, right. we'll, 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 we're, yeah! we're getting too ahead of ourselves. I'm getting hype over here. You so, she's, you're going to hear her going like this. <laughs> time when we lived at the old house and the harry potter commercial came on like the the trailer had just dropped and we're all sitting in like the living room in the basement and i was like and i was literally just building up the whole time that's what i feel like right now oh my god i can't so they go to do this and he ends up Supposedly committing suicide, okay? Uh, he, obviously, they heard the gunshot. They see the bullet hole. They say, suicide. End of story. Suicide. But again, this the, the call to the house had nothing to do with the son of Sam at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay? But it did. But it <laughs> may have. he was there. So, again, Maury Terry decides to go investigate this, but this is also, I think, like a couple years later when, like, he makes the connections... Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm playing with a laser with the dog, and dog hit his head on the door frame. <laughs> oh my god. He is unfazed. It's okay. <laughs> I know. That's like oh someone. People were talking about something about how they feel bad when their dogs, like, when they run into their dog. I was like, 
I do too, but I don't understand why. Because he runs after you full force, like just booking it down the hallway, turns to look at you, and then just goes head first <laughs> into the wall. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're okay, you're okay. (laughs) After the death of John Carr, apparently David Berkowitz was still sending threatening messages to the Carr family, like Sam Carr and Weedy, the daughter, because the daughter, I believe, is still living with Sam Carr at this time. So wait, he's in jail sending these notes out? He is now in jail sending these notes out, these letters out to Sam Carr. Okay. Saying, um, yeah. I have a question. Yes. But don't they like read your fucking letters before they send them listen, when you're in jail? Listen, we're not, we're, we, I, yes. Now they do. Now. Maybe that's why they started. Because <laughs> they could have stopped this shit stop, from happening. Stop, stop. Just saying. But. I don't like this story. Well, like, no. <laughs> so he's still sending threatening letters to Sam Carr saying that he is going to out Sam Carr for the things that he did. Mm-hmm. Sam turns these letters over to the police, but nothing really comes of it. So David Berkowitz is Why? sitting there because saying, he's already in jail? I guess so, because he's sitting no. there saying, take your pen. Because he's sitting there, and he's sitting there saying, I'm going to tell people what you did. I'm going to tell people that you are a part of this, that this is your fault. And so it's like, so that that was the thing, like, is he framing these people because he just, he doesn't want to go down for it by himself? I don't know. But it's in one of the documentaries, it does say that Sam Carr had turned these letters over to the police. Yeah. Or he's just covering his own ass. Like, look. The crazy guy. When you have envelopes, oh, damn. Was from the mental that. health facility he was being held at. But his handwriting. Correct. They're gonna automatically go like, wait, is this legit or is this just him being crazy? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, a year and a half after David Berkowitz is arrested, so the son of Sam is arrested. Sam Carr ends up dying in a one-car accident. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. How? Wait, did I say Michael Carr? No. Michael. No. Okay, not Sam. Oh. Michael. Oh. Michael Carr. Okay, so other, Michael the is the son. other brother. A one car the accident. Son. A one car accident, yes. And it was a year and a half after was the arrest. Uh, it Stop didn't say that. No, it just said that it was a... I I, I don't even have a date Who right now. Who is this journalist man recording all this shenanigans that you getting it from? He didn't do... I need a toxicology report. Mari Terry. That's who it was. I need a toxicology report. Maury Terry. We're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> but they did say that it was a year a year and a half afterwards that Michael Carr, I'm sorry, it was Michael Carr had ended up passing away in a one-car accident. David Berkowitz ends up writing to Maury Terry himself, sitting here saying that people die in mysterious ways all the time when they are associated with the occult. And that it could either look like a suicide or a tragic accident, usually a car accident of some sorts. And that's not like, that's not like quoting what he says, but that's like, that's what, yeah, that's what he tells him in this letter. Mm -hmm. And Maury Terry does end up getting a letter from David Berkowitz himself, but there's a lot of investigation. So Maury Terry finds out that some way, somehow the Carr brothers are connected to them but when he goes to try and find them that's when he finds out that both brothers had died in mysterious ways then in 1979 we had already talked about this as well there was attempt on there was an attempt on david's life while he was yeah, being yeah. held and yeah. so gloria Gaynor. oh my god 
(laughs) (laughs) And so when that ends up happening, he, by this point, Maury Terry and David Berkowitz have had a couple exchanges in letters. I believe that the cops had tried contacting him and everything. Like, they had tried re-interviewing him because David had come out saying that he wasn't the only one, that they were, that he was part of the occult, that he was actually part of... I don't, I can't remember if he actually came out and said it, but Maury Terry had found that there was a connection to David Berkowitz and... Don't say Charles Manson. Yes. I... But it's like, it's like this long stretch of things because the, the cult that was in Yonkers at the time was actually called The Children, Mm -hmm. which they believe was... David Berkowitz's cult and... Correct. But it was run by John Carr. Oh. Because, again, it's this, like, crazy thing. But Maury Terry had found out that the process, which I don't actually have the full name written out, but it's, like, the process of the, like, something or another where basically they want to off everybody. They want to, like, just clean. So it's Mm. the occult meets, meets Scientology. So that's actually out in California. So the process is out in California. The process ends up being something that Charles Manson has to do with, but Charles Manson has the Manson family. Okay. And so the process and the Manson family had, I guess you could say, dissipated, whatever, in 1974, and then later on, the children had been founded. A it reawakening. Was it was a, yeah, a reawakening. Okay. Yeah. Basically that. I guess you want to say, uh, yes, something like that. But so the process and the family were in California. All of that had ended in 1974 when Charles Manson had come about. But the thing was, is that when people had sat there saying that Manson was part of the process, yeah. the process had actually come out and sued the papers that had sat there saying that he was part of them. And I don't remember if they won or not, but it was, like, this whole thing where they're, like, trying to make these connections. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was, like, the occult meets Scientology. And I, it's, like, it's so much. It's so much because it's, like, the guy who was the head of it, he he wanted to do, like, a cleansing of people because he found that they were dark. And it was, like, he did some trip out to Mexico and some really, really bad stuff happened and... And it was, like, natural disaster-wise. And then he was like, well, this happened because people suck or something to that effect. <laughs> and so it was like he wanted to do a cleansing. And so then there was Charles Manson with Helter Skelter and the, yeah. the race war. or yeah. 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 And so then because Manson got arrested in 1974, they, like, everything, like, quieted down. There was no more. And then later on, I guess 1975, 1976, that's when... This is why I didn't want to bring him, honestly. But I didn't have time to take him to my parents' house. Oh, no, no, no. I just no, figured he probably he's... needs to go pee. I already tried. Oh, okay. No, that's fine then. But he didn't go. But it's okay. Cause he's when we're old. done, I'll just throw him in the bathtub and see what he does. In New York, it starts back up again, which they feel like, again, it was run by John Carr. And so when... John Carr left because he was in the army and went to North Dakota that it had trickled over into North Dakota with him. And so that he was still part of this. But why did they kill him? Because he knew too much. Yeah. Because the brothers knew too much. You know? 
And then just get ditches. Yeah. <laughs> and then what? Okay, so then all of that happens, right? And while Maury Terry is apparently researching all of this stuff, he ends up finding a place in Yonkers and oh my god, what is it called? I have it written down. I've been watching a lot of gangland. I found out it's not stitches, it's ditches now for the snitches. Because oh. they don't want you living. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I understood that when we were that. Said no, it. I'm just saying because I was like, oh shit. And then I realized I was like, mm, yeah, it'd be a little weird if uh, middle schoolers went around saying ditches. <laughs> oh. <laughs> go around killing people. <laughs> so then Mari Terry's like researching all of this stuff and, re- and he ends up finding out a place and I have it written down somewhere the name of it, but it's called. No, I definitely have it written down. Hold on. Devil's Cave in Yonkers, but the place itself starts with a U, and I can't read my own handwriting. But it's called Devil's Cave, and then when he went to this place that's in... It's a park. Utica Park? Sure. Utica. (laughs) Untermeyer. Not Not even close. (laughs) Untermeyer Park in Yonkers. So, after he makes these connections, he finds out that there's a place called Untermeyer Park in Yonkers, and there is a well pump that has been nicknamed Devil's Cave. This is where, apparently, the Carr brothers and David Berkowitz hang out. Part of their cult rituals, I guess you could say. But again, this is all, like, things that Maury Terry is finding out, but the sister denies like she says no like and they weren't part of anything like that or yeah anything. but okay. again like she's she's living with the father right she's okay. living with the father and she's actually i don't know if she's, she's i feel like with she's the police still, department correct yes. she's the dispatcher for the police department so she like hears all this stuff and she's denying it but again the whole thing is is that david berkowitz is coming out with all of this information after uh, the Carr brothers are passed away. So the Carr brothers can't really say anything against this. They can't stand up for yeah. themselves. Is it considered defamation of character? I don't know, because you're sitting there pointing fingers at them, saying that they were part of the occult, so maybe that she has a case against them. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but so he's sitting there coming out with all of these things, saying that they're part of this, this, and this, and whatnot. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. And she comes out later on and denies all this stuff and saying that he's just saying this because he was so pissed off at the family, like, for the dog, for living nearby, blah, 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 that he just wanted to take them down with him. Mm -hmm. Like, that was... Well, and that's why she is like, the letters that we sent to the police literally say, I'm taking you down with me. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like he just probably had a grudge against them. We don't know. They go to Untermeyer Park. Maury Terry ends up going to Untermeyer Park. I believe he takes a police officer. I know that there eventually is a police officer, but when they do an investigation on that area, they find three mutilated German shepherds. What? The They have the remains there. You could see that one of them, like the ear was cut off. Other things had been done to the dogs. When they look around the area, you can see that there's a place where they possibly had a seance. Right. Like, they had candles all over the place. There was blood everywhere. Ooh. And there was, like... This is inside the well pump? Yeah. So, it's, okay. like, this... It, it's a place where, like, they can go. And it just... They right. said that it yeah. seems very eerie and stuff like that. Like sewer. Which, 
like when they show you the pictures of it, it's actually like really pretty. <laughs> I'll show you a like picture a of it. Like a gothic pretty. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's like a niche pretty. <laughs> but it's like they say that like you can feel just something heavy there, like something super eerie. But then you see all of the things that are there, and you can tell that it had to do something ritualistic. Yeah. was going on there. It's called demons. <laughs> they find all of that out. They find Maury Terry himself is finding all these different pieces that go with satanic cults and stuff like that. And he is finding all these different links. And then David Berkowitz, because he sent the letter, he, w- he was making all these connections. And then the letters that were to the police that he was finding out, like... Again, there's, like, the one letter that's, like, I think it's called, he refers to somebody as, like, Weedy the Rapist of Children or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, but, he, so he, and there was another one where, so Weedy was the daughter's name, or there was also, like, John Weedy, I guess it was his nickname or something, which I believe that's how Maury Terry had made the connection of ca- the cars to David Berkowitz because he went into a phone book and when he went into the phone book it was like john weedy car and then he's like oh shit that was actually in one of the son of sam letters and then when he he found out the address he found out that the cars lived on like the same name of whatever was the name of the street that they lived on yeah so it was like one of the nicknames that he wrote in there was also the street name of wherever so it was like too many similarities too many coincidences i guess from maury terry mm-hmm. yeah I'm sorry. I know that I'm going all over the place, but like I said, it's like so it's so crazy and like the conspiracy theory behind it of it just not being David Berkowitz itself. It just I was like, I I can't. You mean so many people close together, like in the same neighborhood, because obviously there was a following. There was a following, but it wasn't just people that were close by. And that's what we're going to get into. Because then David Berkowitz, when he had sent the letter to Maury Terry about all of this stuff, apparently a detective had also received an envelope from David Berkowitz. And in that envelope was a letter. There was also a witchcraft book in it. And in the book were little notations. Mm -hmm. And so there was, like on one of the pages, it said Arliss Perry. And then it had something like followed something and slain uh stanford california so in the documentary itself it said that the detective had only had the book in his possession for maybe an hour and he calls maury terry and he's like what the who the is arliss perry when they look into arliss perry arliss perry was a female who had lived in north dakota which was i think the same area that john john carr was living yeah She was a very religious girl. She was only married a few months. I think they said that she was only married two months by the time that she had moved to California. But when they looked into Arliss Perry, Arliss Perry had actually, there was a security guard that was doing his rounds. He saw that the side door of a church was open. When he went to go investigate, he had called into the police saying that it was a possible suicide. He wasn't sure. The police show up. And they're like, there was no way on earth that this was a suicide. They had taken one of the blessed candles, shoved it up inside her. Oh. They had taken another candle, shoved it up her shirt under her bra, and that there was, like, something like an ice pick that was shoved up through her head. And they're like, how can you even say 
that this was a possible suicide. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, she, like, her legs were spread wide open and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. But David Berkowitz had written about it, had, like, hand notes about it in this witchcraft diary that he had sent this detective. So they're making these connections. Maury Terry ends up saying that he doesn't know how he can explain it, but he feels that the security guard that found her was part of the occult and was the one who did it as a ritual killing. Oh, that's what I was thinking. The case was unsolved for years. They could not get things. Like, they took the candles and everything. They did fingerprints and everything like that, but everything just kept coming up, I believe, inconclusive. Like, they just couldn't tie him to it. So it was just an unsolved murder. She was 19 19 years old at the time. And that was in 1974, I think they want to say. So that happened. He ends up writing about it later on when he sends these things to the detective. So, again, they're making all these connections. They're saying that it's a cult and stuff like that. But it's just, like, so many things going on. And then in the letter itself, there's, like, a reference to that the last killing that was done. So that Stacy and the last killing that was done was actually for a snuff film. And so what that means is that that the killing of Stacy itself was actually recorded and from what maury terry believes that there was a van with a photographer inside of it who was recording the whole killing itself and the video was actually supposed to be sold to the highest bidder what and this is where when i told you guys because i got really upset at the fact that i wanted to do this last year for halloween because the apparent guy who had recorded this who was said to have recorded this was ron seisman Ron was a videographer, or a photographer. He did a lot of things within his home with a lot of young girls, like kind of like, you know, pictures Mm -hmm. and such. And so it said that he was the one who recorded the film of Stacy's death. Right. On October 31st, 1981... Ron was at home, and so this is, like, where there are some differences in it, but some people say that, or some articles say that Ron was coming home. Others say that him and his girlfriend at the time, when she had only been dating him for a little bit, which was Elizabeth Elizabeth Platzman. So Ron was 39, and Elizabeth Platzman was 20 years old. They were supposedly doing a photo shoot in their home when they heard insistent knocking. They decided to go check it out. And both of them are end up brutally beaten and shot execution style. The apartment itself ends up being ransacked. There's things everywhere. There's blood everywhere. Their IDs are taken, and but they don't have a killer. Right. The police end up saying that it was possible drugs, that, like, maybe Ron had owed somebody money. But the thing is, and this is why I wanted to say that I wanted to get into the whole conspiracy theory of it, because Mm -hmm. David had told somebody while he was in jail that this was going to happen, and he said it in detail, and he said that it was going to be a ritual killing, and that this was going to happen, and he almost gave it detail for detail while he was there. And this was according to, like, another source. The death ends up happening And even though that they say that this has to do with, like, drugs and stuff like that, David tells, I believe, Maury Terry that the whole reason that Ron was killed was because Ron was the one who made the film, had the film in his house, and because he had the film and he also knew too much that the cult went to the house looking for the film, Ron either knew the person 
or the person had and that's why it's like that the girlfriend and him were coming home mm-hmm. because there was no forced entry so the, it was either that they were coming home they were shoved into the house while or the apartment while they were coming home or there was a knock on the door ron knew who it was as soon as they got into the house they bludgeoned them and then ended up shooting them execution style yeah and the reason why they that Maury Terry said that it was a possible cult, uh, like cult killing was because of the fact that the driver's license were taken and that that was like a signature at the time for cult killings. Again, that's what he was saying. But also Ron's 25 caliber handgun was missing from the scene and that he had bought two guns previous because he had been burglarized within a few months before his killing. Oh, shit. And then that was the other thing because a lot of people said that they were shot like once execution style. But then there was another article that said that he was shot four times and she was shot three. But a lot of like the earlier articles were saying that they were just shot once execution style. Where are we now? I don't know anymore. I know. My, my, no, like legit, my brain is like, we're in 81. Okay. So that's. We're in like 77 at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) There was 74 in there. (laughs) <laughs> well, seventy four was, was because Stacy died, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. no, no, no. One, the, um, uh, seventy seventy seven was Stacy, and Ellis? so Arliss, Arliss. I know. I'm like, I was trying to like Arliss Perry. Yeah. Say A R L I S S. Arliss Perry. I thought it was like R L Stein. I thought I wrote R dot L I S T. Oh, say that's exactly how I wrote it because you know how I write phonetically, right? So when I was when I was watching the documentary, that's how I wrote it. And then when I typed it in and I wrote Son of Sam Murders to, like, find out more about what happened, that's when I saw, like, her actual <laughs> name. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so bad. I was just thinking R.L. Stein. No. So that's why I was like R.L.S. Perry. Oh, yeah. R.L.S. <laughs> Well, don't be yeah. don't be pointing at me when R-L-S. I say R.L. Stein like this man is apparently a part of this occult. Don't mess with my childhood. I mean, those stories were funny. I know they were kind of fucked up, let me tell you. That fucking spooky ass shit. You guys saw with Teddy Lachlan. That's not so fucked up. Oh, my you. God. I like those. No. Are you afraid of the dark? That was a fucking Yo, that I would pee skeleton my pants every time. that popped out at the end of the hallway. Me, oh, my God. The theme. The theme. It was the, literally yeah. dollhouse. The dollhouse one. Yeah, yeah. The mask one. Remember the mask one, y'all? Damn. Isn't that on Netflix right now? Ooh, ooh, I know what I'm doing today. (laughs) 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 A lot happened right there. Oh, my God. There's Ron Seisman, and then there's another one. Okay, listen, I don't know who this other person is. It's called Klatsman. I could not find anything on Klatsman. I'm letting you know now. I'm pretty sure that I wrote the name wrong because, again, I write things phonetically, so... Let's not talk about classmen, but just oh. know, <laughs> just know that there is something there that has to do with them, and I may come back eventually after I watch this series again, talking about this person. Okay, mm-hmm. but they had said, and then look, look, see, R less Perry. <laughs> yes, that's how I wrote mine. So that's how I wrote. Oh it. no! Except I wrote list. <laughs> yeah, so not, that's R not less. Less. Okay, but it's R less. R less Perry. Um, <laughs> Maury Terry ends up finding out about like Ron Seisman and then in this letter there's also an RR that he refers to 
So RR, uh, Maury Terry is going around trying to think, and he's like with somebody else, and they're like, who are we talking about? Like, videos, producers, like, who are we saying? Big wigs, like, guy who is into odd films. They finally figure out maybe they're talking about the producer Roy Raiden. So there's a guy at the time ah. named Roy Raiden who lives on Long Island. Okay. Everybody lives on Long Island. Well, so I think Roy Raiden himself was known for drugs, sex, movies. In one of the documentaries that I was watching, it says that he actually had a room that was made to hold a bed that was as big as the room was a leather bed, and the bed itself was actually made for orgies. Interesting. I was going to not say anything. There was actually, and like, Roy would film these. There was a girl, I don't have the girl's name written down, but she was, they tried convincing her to be part of this. When she said no, they, they, there was two women, two men, and also Roy that had beaten her, attempted to drug her, and then they have a video of Roy raping her at his home. So she comes, the mom ends up filing a police report, they go after him and all this stuff. Eventually, it drops because she doesn't want to testify against him or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. it's out there that the, that he does stuff like this, that it happens. Yeah. Um, and that he's into these types of things, like mm-hmm. filming it and all that stuff. So they're like, hmm, maybe he is the one that wants the film. I was about to ask that. So then... Apparently, oh, by the way, Maury Terry, like, ends up finding a a girlfriend. He gets married and all this stuff. So all of this stuff's happening. Like, he is living his life, but the the wife herself says that, like, he was so invested. Like, he was so obsessed with this investigation. He, they never really had their life together that it was all just about this investigation. So they eventually got divorced. Even though they were newlyweds, they ended Mm -hmm. up getting divorced. Yeah, this is like the dude, the reporter for the Zodiac Killer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, his whole life. So, Maury Terry decides that he's going to go, like, he wanted to have a talk with Ron, but Ron ends up passing away. He wanted to have a talk with Roy Raiden, but when he finds out about Roy Raiden, he ends up getting a call from one of his colleagues, I guess. I, I don't know if you can really, like, one of his friends, mm-hmm. like, somebody who also gives him information and stuff like that, and when he... An informant. Yeah. And he ends up finding out that Roy has actually passed away, that his body was found in a in a one car accident. Mm-mm. Damn. <laughs> he was underneath a tree. I think they had to go out to California or something like that. And that the body had been in this area for about a month before it was found. That he had been missing, and then I don't know how they got the call to find mm-hmm. him or something like that. Was somebody that still hiking was... through the woods and saw the body? I guess so. I don't know. Hiking. No, but it was like who hiking and finds a dead person. I'm very suspicious of them now. So Roy <laughs> Raiden was 33 years old when he was found dead, and it, and I have it written down that he how was old? found dead 33. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so he was found dead in a dry creek. This was actually June 10th, 1983. That's too close. <laughs> is he, so, is he did they, to talking? Did yeah. they, uh, so, did Berkowitz 
tell that this was going to happen too or no? No, no, no. Okay. I don't think that that was, but this in one of the letters. part of the red just, string map. The yeah, that because he had said in one of the letters RR. Like he had referred to RR. Oh, okay. So that's how they had circled back to this guy. Oh, shit. I forgot that's how we started. <laughs> I'm just like so like, because they're also like small in their own kind of like little bubble. You know? It's yeah. Literally but it, like I, the red string map because it's just like, how are we connecting? But it's yes, actually yes. And Yes. <laughs> so then. <laughs> Leslie. <laughs> so then. Over here looking He like had been rat. missing for a month. <laughs> and. <laughs> no. That's color. like. The, she looks the, like turf. Oh, I was going to say the pool table. Felt. <laughs> it looks very warm. And honestly, you know, with the sleeves at the end, it looks really cute like that. She said it looks cute. I like it better with the stripes. Wait, let me blow my nose. Mike Dia gave this to me. This is the one that Beep. I yeah, that you brought back. Yeah. I still got my face wash polish that she gave me. And did I gave you all that lipstick she gave me. I gave you that shirt that she gave you. No, I know, but I'm saying, do you still have the lipstick that I that she gave me? She gave me like three packs of like some lip gloss. It was like glittery. I don't know. I have so many. I honestly uh, couldn't tell you. Okay, I'm gonna assume yes. Why you gotta go get it? No, I said I'm gonna blow my nose. I'm getting Get out in the of corner. <laughs> Berkowitz. Nineteen seventy-seven. Wait, are we break? Are we? Are we? Blowing are we nose? breaking for you to blow your nose? <laughs> Come on now. It always feels so weird because of my nose ring. I'm like, I always feel like I still have to blow my nose. Ah! Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's already in there. <laughs> <laughs> found dead in the creek maury and his wife decided to go out there to kind of do like their own investigation they talked to the police station out there they presented with all the evidence that they have connecting it to like the occult and stuff like that the police out there actually believe him but i guess i failed to mention that the fact that every single time maury terry comes out with new information and tries to present it to the new york police department they basically laugh at him in his face and say no it was one killer it was david berkowitz he admits to it and a story like stop doing this you're crazy Mari terry actually is on geraldo he has done like different interviews on that show mm-hmm. and he comes out like inside edition and all this stuff oh, oh yes 
he ends up doing two live interviews with David Berkowitz. The first one, people are like, oh, shit, like, he's actually saying that he's not the only one that did this, that there was other people that did this. And then he gets in again with, like, Inside Edition. I feel like somebody heard about the book that more oh oh i'm sorry so he gets nothing about him writing a book i know because it was like we weren't there yet okay i'm sorry so roy raiden is found dead right and they have all of these things well maury terry ends up coming out with all this information he does the interviews and stuff like that so in 1988 he ends up coming out with a book that is called the ultimate evil which gives you all of this information, okay, about how everything ties together. I want to get the original copy of this. I really do. When I tell you I have found it and I want it, but that shit is $183 um, for an original used good copy, I don't care. I think it should be a birthday present. I feel like all of you should just give me money. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it all together. I literally we'll put a link. <laughs> <laughs> on the website eccthepodcast.com yes i i just i just need a little bit of money each like if everybody is willing to give me a dollar ten dollars <laughs> you just need 183 people to get you give you a dollar yes 183 people give me a dollar five dollars i wouldn't be opposed you need insurance on that thing just is true i want it okay <laughs> anyway um and they don't have it on kindle so I can't get it on my Kindle, <laughs> but, or else I would have. Creepy fat baby. Oh, the butt! I can't even English. So he ends it. up coming out with a book called The Ultimate Evil, which eventually, well, not eventually, but basically shows all the connections. How he believes that David Berkowitz is in this in this cult called the children and how the children are somehow tied to the Manson family and how the Manson family is connected to the process and how all of these killings that I have somehow butchered, mangled and put in a blender, thrown them together and spit back out at you um, are all connected. Very badly. Absolutely horrible. It was like, it was not a llama spit. No, it wasn't. Because that thing just goes ping in yeah. the barrel. It definitely this wasn't. Is not no, llama's. it doesn't. You ever seen a llama spit? Yes. On the cartoons, yes. And it just goes <laughs> right into the ding, into the brass kettle thing. This was definitely a Mulan animated version of when she goes to spit and goes, <laughs> and it just kind of like, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> and then she's just like, just kind of just going and like just never gets Be down. Manly. <laughs> That, that is how this information has come out to you guys. I know that it has been jumbled. I know that it's been all over the place. But listen, it's a conspiracy theory. Things are all over the place. And they were all found out diff- at different times. It was all found out at different times. Is it a conspiracy theory? Or is it the truth? Well, because of the fact... Well, okay. So, because all of these things can't be proven but they also can't be disproven so that's why it's a conspiracy theory because david initially said that he was the lone actor in all of these killings yeah and then came out later after the brothers had passed away saying that they're that he is part of the occult and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but again even though they found all these ways to connect them together the police anytime that the investigation has been reopened they're like no shut it now we're, we're closing this. It's done. It's a done deal. Like, this, this, and this. But 
when you watch the documentaries, people are like, why would he admit to some of them and admit to being there but not being the one that pulling the trigger? Like, he sits there and says, no, I'm not the one that does it. But then when you look at these interviews, it's like Maury Terry is also very bad cop in them. I guess he's pushing really hard Mm -hmm. to get the information that he wants. And there are clips where they show David Berkowitz saying, like, I don't want to relive this. Like, this is too hard. I'm a reformed man. You know, I have found God. So apparently he actually sits down and talks to people and he, like, practices religion and stuff like that now and not the occult. But, like, he... He's a born again and all that stuff. So he does all of these things. He's like, I don't want to relive this. It's too hard. Like, I'm trying to make my peace and I'm trying to do these things to move on from for the families and stuff. Like, it's just it's too much for me. But then Maury Terry keeps asking him questions and he's like, it's too much. And then there's one clip that you see where Maury Terry's like, oh, okay, well, we're doing a clip for this part, this group. And then. David's like, oh, is it going to be like the last time that we did it where it was like this much? And he's like, actually, it's a two-part segment, so it's an hour each. And he's like, two hours? He's like, two hours is a really long time, and people are going to lose interest. And he's like, and it's too much for me to rehash. It's too much for me to remember. Like, I'm trying to get away from all that stuff. So it's like, and so a lot of people that are being interviewed for these documentaries are like, you feel like he's fishing for things because David is giving. a straight answer that he wants. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so that was the whole thing. Like, his obsession was getting him to the point where, like, he was pushing for things that, like, again, it's there. Like, you can see how it's connected. But then at the same time, it's like, are they really connected? Yeah. Yeah. But I think there was a gentleman that came out that said that he was part of the cult that was in Yonkers when he was younger. And that you know the car brothers were there and that there was an initiation to where like they all drank blood and stuff like that and so it just kind of like one t- uh, there was like i think 20 30 or 40 people that ended up being a part of all this yeah oh, shit. but people like there was one person i can't remember they talked and ended up like dying mysteriously then there was this guy who like talked about it and was worried about it um, David Berkowitz did shut down a couple of times while he was in jail saying, like, they're going to come after my family. Like, they're going to come after my dad if I continue to talk to you. Like, he keeps sending these police officers out and stuff like that to investigate. He's like, I can't stop you from what you put out there. But if I talk anymore, they're going to go after my dad. And that I at that point, they had already done the attempt on his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it was just, and then, like, apparently everybody else that they had pictures of that they assumed were part of this cult had ended up lawyering up and weren't talking at all. So it's like, again, it's like, hmm, why do you lawyer up if you have nothing to hide? This is some fucking Ray Rivera shit. Yeah, so it's just. You remember Ray? So, so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> so... Again, a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of investigation ends up happening. Maury does interviews, like, on TVs. Is trying to just find different things, and then people are just like, you kind of need to give it up at some point, and he doesn't. Maury Terry ends up passing away in 2015. Um, and apparently... <laughs> it was health reasons. It, they were saying that he was getting so stressed and so obsessed with all of this that he just wasn't taking care of himself anymore. Like, he, his group of friends, the Pine Street Irregulars, I think is what he called them. And I think, oh, that's what it was, too. 
So one of the guys had saw or read the book that Maury Terry had put out Mm -hmm. and was like, hmm, I actually kind of believe that David Berkowitz wasn't the one who shot me, which a lot of the people didn't see clearly the person. Like the two women, the one that had ended up being paralyzed, they did see him. But again, the sketches... Oh, yeah, because you yeah. said there was, like, multiple sketches of different yeah. people with different hair. And... Which they said that, like, one of the sketches actually had looked like one of the brothers from, like, one of the first sketches that came out looked like one of the Carr brothers. Oh, interesting. But, um, so this guy, the one that had, like, the long hair mm-hmm. that I told you about how, like, when he went like yes. this, like, the, so the, he ends yeah. up pairing up with Maury Terry and starts investigating with him because he's like, this makes too much sense, and... I watched the interview. David said that he was not the one that shot me. Like, why would he lie about that but say he was there? And so then he becomes, like, friends with Maury Terry, but, like, even to the end, like, they would meet up once a month. And so that group is still investigating all of this stuff with him. And, like, the I think they're called the Pine Street Irregulars, so they meet up at this, like, pub once a month to go back over information and stuff like that. So a few of them still get together to this day. That's crazy. Yeah. Circling all the way back around. Mm-hmm. You remember how I told you that the lady in the church that, like, Maury Terry had said that he just can't, he can't explain it, but he knows that that something had happened? hmm So DNA evidence in 2018, had eventually pointed to the guard that had found Arliss Perry. Ah! Told you! Was the one who ended up killing her. When the police went to go serve their, what is it, arrest warrant? Whatever. He was already dead. June 28th, 2018, the police go to arrest the security guard because they had found DNA evidence saying that he was the one who killed Arliss Perry. They go to the house, they knock on the door, and by this point, the man is 72 years old, okay? They go, they knock on the door, and there's actually, like, body cams of this. So they're sitting there talking to him. He's, like, saying whatever, and they're like, hey, you know, are you this person, blah, blah, blah. So the guy, like, ends up walking into his, it looks like an apartment kind of hotel room thing. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what the outside looks. So then you hear one of the cops yelling, he's got a gun, he's got a gun. And then you hear a shot. He ends up committing suicide while the police are trying to arrest him. Holy shit. When they do a search of the house, they actually end up finding the ultimate evil that was in a box, I think, under his bed. So the book that Maury Terry had written, yeah, the security guard, which I don't have his name written down right now, but he had actually owned the book that Maury Terry had put oh, out, shit. implicating him for the death of Arliss Perry. Oh, Maury Terry died December 10th, 2015. And again, he's the one that did a lot of this, like investigative journalism whatever you want to call it he got a whole bunch of people together he was the one that kind of it came out with the thought that it this was all more than just yeah david berkowitz Berkowitz, yeah so like i said that the people are still investigating but there haven't been any other arrests there haven't been any cases open saying oh that's what it was roy radden they eventually also found out about that it was a couple years later so roy radden who was the producer that was found in the dry creek yeah. um oh god damn it y'all had me all over the place <laughs> okay. asking questions and shit so roy radden when maury terry went out there and he was like looking over the place 
where Roy was found, he actually ended up finding a Bible that was open to like a certain passage. And mm-hmm. I don't have the passage written down, but he was like, why would we find a Bible next to his body? Like that was in the tree right where his body was found. But then years later, it came out that it was actually like a bad drug deal and greed because Roy was trying to produce a movie and it cost a couple million dollars. And the people that like were supposed to be part of it, it was like a deal gone wrong. And so because things weren't going the way that the people had assumed, they ended up taking him out and killing him. So even though it came out in the news that like Roy was killed because of drugs and greed, mm-hmm. Maury Terry was like, mm, I think that's just a cover up. Like, I think they're just saying that because they don't want to say that it was actually part of a cult killing. And so Roy, but they had closed Roy's case, but Ron's is still an unsolved case. So Ron and Elizabeth, they don't know, they still don't have who the right. killer is. And then, like I said, they found out about Arliss in 2018. And so because of everything going on and all of this stuff, the Son of Sam law ended up changing in 2001. It says now that if people were to sell their stories, like if people were to have things published and all that stuff, as long as you don't make a profit, depending on each state, though, because each state has it differently, but it was found unconstitutional for states to have this in place because it does infringe on your First Amendment mm-hmm. rights. There have been amendments to the law itself, and so it's actually now, I believe, in the state of New York, it's a $10,000 cap. Mm. So as long as you don't make above $10,000, you can keep all the profits, I believe. Yeah. But if you make over $10,000, then the courts have a right to open up a case against you. I guess it's like the people against whoever. And it's so that the victims of the people can take that money and turn it around and split it between themselves. So depending on like if it's a serial killer, if it's a serial rapist, if it's like a burglar, anybody who has anything to do do victim-wise, friends, family, whatever, like if the family member was killed, Mm -hmm. they can go after the person that is incarcerated and take that money from them. So it's like a $10,000 cap. Like I was saying earlier, when they made the law, it was so broad that even a person who was like, oh, well, I like live next door to this guy and this is how it was. Like the person had nothing to do with the other person, but because the law was so broad Mm -hmm. and because they would mention living next to a serial killer or whatever, they were not allowed to make profit off of that. So that's why they ended up changing these laws and stuff because they were going over neighbor they were going after neighbors, they were going yeah. after friends, they were going after family and loved ones. So they ended up changing everything. But yeah, so I know that was like pretty crazy and pretty weird and all that stuff, but that's I guess the end of my conspiracy theory of the son of Sam. Mm. He's still alive. Berkowitz? Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the process. I didn't say that it was a process. They said it was a process. So please don't come after me. (laughs) In Scientology, that was also a thing. In the Manson family. Oh, apparently they were, like, at a party together or something like that. Like, Carr and, like, Manson or something or another. And at one of, like, the processes, parties that were out in California. I don't know. Mm, I just don't know either. (laughs) Yeah. I I rather focus on all the other stuff because I don't want to sit here and say things, 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 things. And then, like, I end up dead. So, uh... Just keep an eye on me, guys. Also, for my birthday. Yes. So yeah, that that is my that is that is my story on the conspiracy dealing with uh, the son of Sam. Oh, thank you. That was interesting. 
It was crazy. It was all over the place. I'm not gonna lie. My, my brain. My brain don't want anything while he's out. No, it's okay. I don't even have the detective that received the book down. I'm not gonna lie, you guys. I just wrote down detective because once I started realizing that R.L.S. Perry was not how I thought it was, I decided not to try anymore. It's funny. <laughs> and that's why I was telling you guys that it wasn't because when I told you guys that like that's where I wanted to start off with Ron Seisman, I wasn't even going to mention David Berkowitz as part of it. I was just going to give the information of the killing of Ron and Elizabeth. Right. And just kind of, like, leave it at that and then do, like, little things of, like, so I was going to do, like, one of Ron and one of Roy and one of Arliss. And, like, but then you guys ruined it all. I'm sorry. Because I wanted to start it on Halloween. Uh, And then. And then every week. And then every week do a new Uh, one and then lead it up to David Berkowitz, his killings, and then how they all tied together. Mm. And then I ended up losing my uh, Ron Seisman page. And then I found it (laughs) today. (laughs) So I really had to start all over again. And if you guys want to watch the documentary, one of them is called The Son of Sam Descent Into Darkness. On what? I think Netflix. I watch too many things. And YouTube, maybe. Oh, and that was the other thing. Because one of the guys that uh, Ron... uh, No, 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 no. Maury Terry had actually, like, apparently right before he passed away. But the guy received it after he had passed away was Zeman, Z-E-M-A-N, and he was the one who created this whole thing mm-hmm. and was giving all the information about, like, Maury Terry's story because there he was like, there are boxes and boxes and boxes of this investigation that Maury was doing. And you have to think, 40 years worth? Yeah. 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 Insanity. It's crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. The end. Thanks. No missing person? Uh, No. <laughs> okay okay let's uh let's let's let it not be me okay that's fine um you gonna do your your thank your you for coming with us today on this terrible ride it is a wooden roller coaster that is very rickety and old but we rode it together yes <laughs> that doesn't go upside down just side to side <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you be bobbing around like in those things. That's literally what this episode was. I'm My flinging neck. you left. I'm flinging you right. We're right. going dog. all over the place. <laughs> Your dog's like almost on the ground. He's and holding yet, on. We came back to the beginning. <laughs> How did we get here? We didn't go to Grandma's house. <laughs> okay, continue. Thank you for listening today. We are ECC the podcast. You can come check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, our Patreon at ECC the podcast. We are also on Linktree. You could come listen to us on your favorite listening thing platform, platform which could be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other thing that we are possibly on. Stitcher. Sure. Uh, come visit our website, eccthepodcast.com. Don't forget to click that heart, subscribe, uh-huh. follow. <laughs> Whatever, Dobby. <laughs> Rate, review. Five stars. Leave us. <laughs> you can't tell them what to review, you. 
If you like us, if you like us, if you would like to give us five stars, if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us five stars. If you didn't enjoy the podcast, then just don't leave any stars at all. Just keep on going and never listen to us again. (laughs) Scroll. All right. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, that's what we got for you today. Nobby. <laughs> I see oh. this is my problem. Oh Sir man. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano. Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ECC the Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya!